On this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we talk about Game Dev Tycoon. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit. This is episode 15. And in this episode, we're talking about a game called Game Dev Tycoon. It's from Greenheart Games, which was uh, founded by Patrick and Daniel Klug, their brothers. And Game Dev Tycoon was released at the end of 2012. And we're, I guess, in a way, we're sort of following this this trilogy of events that we we played a bunch of indie games. We saw uh, indie, or what, what's the name of the movie? Indie game, the movie. Indie game, the movie. And now we're actually playing a game that is about game development. Uh, so it's sort of a a very meta experience we're having today. Um, so the the experience is it's a simulator of uh, starting a game studio in 1980 or the 80s, I, I guess. And you progress through your first game, your second game, third game, all the while doing research projects to improve like the game engine, the game mechanics, and you invest in different titles, mixing, matching genres. And your success, as you would expect, is sort of dictated by what the sales are based on the choices you make during the game de- uh, game development process. Um, and it's it's currently, it hovers around $10. And right now when we bought it, it was $8 on Steam. So it's uh, easy to pick up and try. But uh, Justin, what did you think of the game? So... I actually downloaded the demo instead of playing the whole game because I was feeling cheap and decided to use the demo <laughs> instead, despite that it's only being like 8 or $10. Um, and I put the demo all the way through. And the limitation of the demo is only um, the amount of time you can play, basically. So mm-hmm. it caps you at five years worth of game sort of uh, progression. Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I wasn't sure exactly what the gameplay was going to be like. because so I was like, well, how can you how can you make a game out of software development that isn't mind-numbingly tedious? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? But uh, no, I mean, it, it it sort of made sense. And um, it was actually a, a lot of fun to sort of like, you know, tune the knobs on the different games and try to be like, well, you know, given the way the market is right now, like what's the kind of game that I can make that'll be the most successful? And which platform should I focus on? And where should I put my attention in the development process? Oh, that was all really cool the one thing that i thought was um frustrating and brilliant and maybe not actually on purpose about the demo was that um it basically says that once you make a million dollars you advance to like the next sort of tier Mm -hmm. of game development legitness i guess Mm -hmm. um but you only have the five years as part of the demo Mm -hmm. and like well don't worry about the million dollars because one hit game is enough to get you a million dollars and of course the game that i developed in like month 11 of year four Mm -hmm. is a smash hit it makes a million dollars and then immediately the demo's over and i was (laughs) like did they is this maybe on purpose? Like, is this uh, a very carefully crafted part of the demo that make you like to snare you in to buy the whole game? Cause it works really well. Cause now I kind of want to buy the full game. Okay. But I just thought it was funny that like literally at the 11th hour of the demo, I make enough money to progress to the next level and the demo is over. And I was like, this is evil genius level. <laughs> of your thing. Uh, Okay, but so you would you think you'd recommend it? Overall, yeah, I think it was really good. I I, I may still pick up the full version of the game because I actually really enjoyed the demo. Yeah, and I, th- I forgot to mention, but I think it's it's so it's on Steam and I think it's Mac, Windows, and Linux. I don't know if it's on any of the platforms, but you can also just buy it directly from the website. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but Steve, what did you think? Uh, I I started out kind of annoyed at the game. It was it's not very polished. I have a I bought even the full version of the game, and you know like. Uh, you know, for, for example, like, half the text is in Frutiger, I believe, or some, some similar typeface, and it's very crisp on Retina screens and uh, looks great. The other half of the text is in Times New Roman. On Retina, it looks terrible. It's, like, horribly anti-aliased and, like, just, it just looks awful. 
And, like, why is half in one, half in the other, you know? Like, and it's just, the, the copy is terrible in the app. Like, there's tons of spelling errors and grammatical errors and just, like, poorly worded, you know, dialogue. Um, you know, all the closed boxes are on the wrong side of the windows for Mac. I mean, just lots of little things like this that are, like, just really kind of grated on my nerves initially. But when I got past that, I, I love the game. It's probably my favorite game I've played in a long time. I, I think I maybe even liked it better than SimCity. I'm not sure. Probably SimCity was still better. Wow. Um, but and, and part of this might be because it's really, really similar. Maybe even inspired by, I'm not sure, a game that I played a lot as a kid called Sim Cinema. It was wow. the, no. Yeah, heard of this. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, a, wait, say it again slowly. Sim Cinema. Cinema. Okay. So you so make movies. You make movies. Yeah. So it was a it was a Mac game for Mac OS eight, uh, and um, basically the mecha- mechanics were startlingly similar. Basically, you start out, you have like no budget. You know, you basically you, you can make a movie. You can different genres. You can make an action movie or a romance or or drama or drama or whatever. Can you make a heartfelt dramedy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they actually have an option. So you might you might be disappointed, Justin. Oh. <laughs> um, and you could pick your stars and your director. <laughs> Sorry, and... I'm still part film dramedy is just like this like specter that looms in the background of every episode. Um, yeah, but basically you pick all these settings ahead of time, you know, and then you can and then you basically you release your your film, you know, and then it gets all, all the reviews come in from all the critics, and you know it was fun because had like all like, the real critics like Roger Ebert, you know, like mm-hmm. Ebert would yes. review it and all this stuff, and and then it would go on in the box office, and then you would see your your receipts come in every week, in my, every week, and in both cases it was it's like this, you know. Part of it is like, I mean, there's certainly some combinations that will work better than others most of the time, but there's a certain amount of chance where you're like, you know, this, this totally should have worked and it was a dud, you know, and what happened, you know, and, and it's, there's a little bit of like kind of roll the dice to, to both, the, you know, to both models, but it's just, it's just, you know, this, the, the overall game mechanics are exactly the same. And I just really, like, really enjoyed it a lot, you know, even sort of in spite of myself, like, part of me is like, you know, really what matters is the quality and the creative vision and <laughs> all these things that you have absolutely no control over, you know, like, there's all these genres that, like, sh- all these movies that, movies and games that shouldn't really work on paper but work brilliantly anyway, like, like, you know, a zombie action movie will definitely work, you know, or in the box office, a certain amount, you know, no matter how terrible it is, uh, but, like, a zombie love story... Mm, you know, it doesn't sound like it should work at all, but like there are brilliant movies like Warm Bodies, which work despite of this. <laughs> Such as, I'm, I can't think of another zombie love story at the moment. But, but maybe, yes. <laughs> it's probably the only one. <laughs> but like, I, I kind of wanted to make games and, and movies at the same time when I was playing some cinema that mm-hmm. were like these, like, these intersection of these two, you know, different genres and that like should not make any sense. Mm-hmm. But like, I can imagine in my mind this brilliant, you know, execution of it that would work. <laughs> but like, which you can't do in the game. You can't do in the games because it, it's very much like, it, it's kind of like the 10,000 foot view of like, you know, the executive, like, well, you know, this genre is doing great, you know, this, you know, uh, you know, under this demographic. So let's, let's focus on that, you know, and you kind of, you know, you can't really control the actual execution of it. How far through did you get, by the way, just so, cause so Justin played the demo and he got to the end of the, the $1 million mark. How far did you, I was hitting the $10 million mark. I was okay. about, so I think, I think you play for on a normal game, 35 years. And mm-hmm. I was about the 15 year mark. So I had to actually play okay. through the full game yet. What did you say the limitation was? It was Five in-game years. Five is for the demo. Okay, the whole game is like about thirty-five. Okay, yeah, and you can choose the duration. You can do like have as short as thirty or as high as forty-two or something like that. I I I don't recall exactly. I, I totally agree with you on the fit and finish issues. Like I noticed that a lot during the game, where like text would be misaligned or like the whole thing felt very like 
cheap Windows, like, knockoff-ish. Yeah. You know, the way that, like, Windows programs that are very hastily ported to Mac just feel really blah. That's Although I can't imagine, I, I can't imagine it, it's, it, it'd be that great on Windows either. Because, like, the... No. Because yeah. there's all these, like, like even, like, the copy is bad. Yeah. It's, it's a train wreck. You know, like, I mean, there's all these things that, like, should be plural. Like, graphics is graphic. Mm. You know, you want to improve the graphic of your game. Like, no, no, it's the graphics of the game. Or, yeah. or you know, the dialogues. No, it's the dialogue in the game. Like, you know, like these, these kinds of things kind of grate on my nerves. You know, it's so like, how much it was that great at any platform? So are you talking about just the, the research report? Or did you see it? Because I don't remember seeing anywhere other than oh, the like research in the, report. in the UI, like when you like have the sliders to adjust. Yeah, it says like, dialogues. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dialogues. Okay, okay. I'm like, dialogues? <laughs> like, you mean the dialogue yeah. in the game? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. That doesn't make, yeah. So the, yeah, or, or the, yeah, but they're all in the research board. They say that, you know, oh, in this game, we determined that graphic was highly important. Yeah. Like, really? Uh, graphic on. was important? <laughs> uh, so, so my, it, it's funny. So I wasn't, exp- I think I kind of had a lot of what you guys said. I share, I think I share the, the feeling, um, I think I started playing the game and I was kind of like, before I started, I was like, how could this possibly be fun? You know, because it, it just seems like it's not something like with, you know, SimCity, you have like actual things going on that you can, you know, you've got traffic and you've got buildings you can add and all these kind of things that are very visual and immersive. And you kind of think, well, I mean, as programmers, we know what that's like. And it's, how could that possibly be a game? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around. So I was pretty skeptical going in, uh, but I was totally surprised. I mean, it's it, it like kind of what you're saying. It, it not directly about this, but it, it you shouldn't expect it to be fun on paper. It's really fun, and I, I this is this is one of those games that shouldn't work in the game. Yeah, and although the, ironically, I mean, or ironically, appropriately, they do have a game dev simulation as one of the games you can make. Oh my in the oh, game. I missed that. That's I missed fantastic. that. Fantastic <laughs> inception. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So it's just it's it's a really like I mean. I, I want to say like the word it, it's like a really charming take on on the whole thing you know it it the smart decision I think is it that it doesn't bog you down with sort of the non fun minutia of running a game business and it just focuses on the parts that I think everybody wished it was about, which is like making sort of granted very surface level but decisions about what the content is and reacting to market whatever um but it's even the process of the actual writing the game when you're sitting there sort of waiting for the game to be written. And uh, doing the research and that kind of stuff, all that's a little bit fun. You know, some of it is, is because the soundtrack is kind of is actually pretty well done. And you see these like little bubbles pop up as your as different parts of the game get completed. So you get like, well, technology. We have we have a certain amount of time invested in technology, a certain amount of time invested in design. And it's it's just enough that and you produce bugs. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's, which is something I want to say. In I second. thought the whole mechanic of the little bubbles was actually pretty yeah. clever. Yeah. The bubbles I, is I was pretty cool at first, and it was really clever. Although, and it, it's startlingly realistic in cases like if after you finish the game, yeah, you can keep, you can keep fixing fixing bugs and yeah. like, and like adding more graphics. Yeah, yeah like, there's many times that I go on to like click finish, and then before I finish, someone like sneaks in a bug. Yeah. Before, like, no, 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 no. It was just st- it was astonishing. <laughs> yeah, first it's funny. There, there's a total like there's a le- there's a total inception level there because I initially I had the same experience where it's like the game's finished there's no bugs and I click the finish button and as I am clicking the button a bug pop- bubbles up into the bug column and then it gets horrible reviews I'm like really? and then I was like and then part of me it, this really weird thing where I was like well is that a bug in Game Dev Tycoon or is that part of the game? And was that a bug that and it just um, I, had to, I had to like go sleep in a corner for a it's hurting my brain it's a, it's a great commentary software development yeah. like stop touching it when it's yeah. done you might introduce another yeah. bug so it's I, you know it's, it's interesting kind of like when when we talked about uh, the movie, 
you know, you, you, one of the things you said, Steve said, was that if you don't know anything about this process, this might actually be a good movie for you because you can get some insight into how it works. And although it's ultra simplified, you kind of get that same thing here, you know, because you, you, you realize, well, yeah, you have to choose, you have to choose, well, I'm going to spend more time on the, the graphics or the level design, or am I going to spend more time on sort of building the engine? And then the reviews reflect your decisions. I thought the one, there are a couple of things I thought were really brilliant above and beyond sort of just the making the game function. One of the things is if you know the history of video games, you can actually make intelligent decisions yes. about what games to make because you know which systems are going to pay off. And which and which combinations of like topic and genre would pay yeah. off. It's yes. Like, I feel like my entire strategy for the game yeah. was just try to recreate games I knew were yes. possible in the real world. Which is like, awesome. I should make a racing game for kids on a Nintendo platform. And I, I don't call it plumber cards. <laughs> or like I should make a pirate adventure game. Yeah, exactly. You know, called yes. like Orangutan Island. Yes. And, you know, like, and it just, like, just knock off like famous yeah. video games. And it actually really works. It works. Like, it works. And that's so awesome because you know like they, they have like the... Uh, they have, you know, names that are similar enough that you know which one's the NES and which mm-hmm. one's the Sega system. Yeah. I think you guys probably have a lot more success to this than I do. Yes. Because I, I did not have any consoles growing up and was I didn't have any visibility into this entire sort of world of consoles going on. So I, like, remade these, like, quirky Mac shower games nice. <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> not a very good, successful strategy. Yeah. I quickly learned what, strategy, what combinations did work, but they were not, they had no relation to the games I actually played growing up at all. <laughs> So there is, yeah. So probably says more about the games you played growing up no, than anything else. Yeah, <laughs> there's a reason why they were only quirky Mac story games. So they, they didn't get, achieve any broader audience. So in some sense, you became the developer of the quirky Mac story. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> and now you can see how successful they were. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I mean, all that stuff is super fun, and I, I have to like. Again, it's just one of these things where it seems like it wouldn't be fun, but like actually, like the anticipation of like getting the reviews mm-hmm. back from the games. When I got my first, like I think it was like. 10 10 10 9 or something like yeah. that and you see the little reviews even you know it's all fake it still feels awesome because yes, you're like yeah that's right i did choose that like, <laughs> musical vampire rpg game and yeah i knew you'd like it um and there's, there's a fair there's a there's a fair amount of oh, you, you didn't seen forgetting sarah marshall have you seen no no oh, the plot oh not the plot there's a plot doesn't hinge around it but the main character like his his side project is a is a vampire love musical oh movie. really oh you totally oh that. okay I, uh, it was just by coincidence i guess <laughs> but it's, it actually is cool because it, it's actually pretty subtle like you actually have to choose not just sort of the thematic element and the game style, but you actually have to consider like which platform it's on, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. And it's something that like, you know, I'm, I'm aware of from the consumer side, but, you know, being able to play through it kind of in this lighthearted, fun way, I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. And, well, I, I, and this is the other thing, I, I, found, I found that element the most frustrating because I could kind of guess, well, the handheld ones are probably more casual, but I, have, I had no idea what would work better on the rest of them. Yeah. You but know, the, but, and the, but like, the, the fact that you... I mean, it's sort of weird in the in the sense that for you that was frustrating, but the fact that it's more fun for me having that knowledge and being able to apply it rather well, than just being random. Which I'm sure is like for the most for most people that play this game, you will they'll have the better experience that you had yeah. having some you know, having experienced this you know sort of world. Yeah. You know, for me it was like uh, okay, well this is clearly like you know you know the Commodores you know equivalent, mm-hmm. and this is like I I mean I I know enough about them that I know what they match up to, but having never played any games on any of them, I didn't. Aside from like Mario Kart, I assume it was on all the Nintendos. Like, I don't actually have any idea what was on Sega Dreamcast or whatever. Like, I, I literally could not name a game to save my soul on on most of these platforms. It's actually called Soul Calibur. <laughs> well, then, now I know <laughs> on Dreamcast. Uh, so the one the one thing I don't know if you two are aware of, and I don't even know how many listeners are aware of, but the game Game Tab Tycoon actually got a lot of notor- notoriety 
probably about six months ago. Do you know the story? So, so this is actually really awesome. So, what happened is they realized that some people were going to pirate the game, where they, they realized that it was happening, something like that. So, the game, the pirated version of the game, is identical to the regular game, except when you hit a certain level, the pirates are pirating your game, so you can't make money. Only in the pirated version of Game right. Dev Tycoon. So what the happened whole is feature of the game, yes. piracy, so, was only enabled in a pirated yeah. version of the game. So what happened? Incredibly, you just it's, it stretches. You can't believe these people are out there, but apparently they are. <laughs> where they posted on the forums the player, the pirated yes. players of the pirated game. Yes, the real world people playing Game Dev Tycoon were yeah. playing the pirated version. And they're like, I don't understand how I can't make money. I seem to hit a wall, but all the pirates are like taking all the money from my game. <laughs> how can I stop the pirates from taking my game? It's just an incredible thing. You think at some point you might say, Irony, the name is yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you know that that was. I mean, the, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but in the full game, the other cool thing is that you know maybe forty minutes in or something like that, a little dialogue pops up in the middle of the game where they say the actual makers of Game Dev Tycoon are like, "Thank you for buying this game. Yeah, we really yeah. appreciate oh, it." Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, so I, I ran out of time to play right at the point where I had hit like a million sales mm-hmm. and I got my office where I could actually bring in more developers and I'm like super excited to go back and see like how that plays out. Yeah. So well, well, the yeah. one other thing that like, so this is more like a, I don't know, enhancement request kind of thing. Like I didn't really cover By the way, this is the most meta review yes. I think we've ever had in history. <laughs> which is the, and this actually goes for, for both Sim Cinema that I played before and, and this game, which is that. The one thing that sort of I think will make it more interesting is if there were you actually like knew what the other movies and other games were coming out at the same time. Uh, mm. Like oh, so like because cool. I mean like in, re- in like real life, some like two movies with the same like topic come out at the same time, like you know uh, the Prestige and the Illusionist, you yeah. know, and, and then and then like one is usually or like, like Europa Report and Last Days of Mars, exactly, <laughs> you know, or Bugs Life and Ants, like all these things happen, you know, and then it actually affects the success. It's not, you, can, you know, and like or you could at least say, well, look, there's a lot of movie, there's a lot of games coming out for this platform, like this genre. Maybe it's a really like hot. Topic I should like in the target, and maybe I'll be punished for like you know doing that because it's oversaturated in that, on this kind of particular genre. But I think there's all this interesting like you know uh, you know dynamics that could happen if there were like if there was an AI like releasing other games the platforms at the same time you could like watch the charts and watch the reviews and, and things like that mm-hmm. or like or like avoid things. Oh my god, this was a terrible combination because this other game bombed. You yeah. know. Or maybe it's a double combination, or maybe they just did a really poor job implementing it. Like maybe you could read the reviews. Like I, don't, I can imagine all these sort of versions that could be really interesting that are sort of missing because. From this game, because you don't you don't really develop games in a vacuum. Yeah, you know? or someone well, beats you to the market with a game that you're building. Like, ah, you know. Well, like, so, how so would that be? In fairness, I mean, we have to remember that you know the game starts in like early 1980s, and there was no internet really. You know, so it, you kind of were developing it in a vacuum by today's magazines. But yeah, but you you, you you could advertise in magazines. So presumably sure. there are other ads in magazines for other games. Sure, but it was I mean it was a much more sparse market. So like there was like I mean you would see and I don't I don't know if this is literally an example, but you would see games that are called like dungeon or you know something really because there is no other game in that genre you know so i agree further in, into the game it makes more sense to, to have access to that but that kind of is what it was like you know early on is that there, there was like just a handful of developers making this kind of stuff so it wasn't yeah. like well and, and maybe it actually is in for like, that like, would be interesting the game because yeah. i mean they do add more and more features as you go along mm-hmm. which, is, which is actually i think they, they, do, they, re, they do a really good job of yeah like, instead of overwhelming you with every feature at the beginning like Kerbal space program does instead they kind of like they start out with this very simple mechanic and they keep just building all these features yeah. and have nice tutorials along the way they did a really good job with that I yeah, yeah the progression is done is good even in the demo yeah. Yeah. yeah and the thing i would encourage people i mean 
kind of going back to the original thing I said, which is that my initial hesitation to play or like get into it is I didn't know if it was going to have the same sort of cognitive load that like something like SimCity has where you, you kind of have to ease into it. There's a lot of stuff to think about. And I was kind of concerned, like, I don't know if I'm really in that mode right now to get into that, but it's totally easy to approach. Like you shouldn't be put off by like the bar charts and screenshots and stuff. I mean, it's, it's totally easy to just jump into and you can just start having fun right away. Um, I, the other thing I want to say is that clearly this is one of these few scenarios where the developers, because of the meta-ness of they're making a game about game development, they really, really know the material. So like I would imagine not everybody working on SimCity has actually tried to build a city before, but clearly they know the Greenheart studio or yeah, Greenheart games. Yeah. yeah. They know something about this so they can be really fine grained in the the things they say. So for example, like I, I made a, a vampire action game, like three of them in a row. And the reviews that came back were like, oh, another vampire action game, you know, from this nice. developer. And I was like, wow, that's actually really accurate. You know, you would have that. And it, it counts your number of fans, uh, not just the income, but the number of sort of fans. And the more fans you have, the more benefit of the doubt they'll give you for new titles. Yeah. Um, so well, I thought one thing that, that was odd, that, that, that actually, I, I did the same thing as you, but like yeah. I released a game for like one handheld handheld console yeah and then a new one came out and there was all this hype about how amazing it was going to be i thought well i'll port it to the new one because that the people that bought that one probably didn't buy the other one like why would they have two handheld consoles you know from different manufacturers maybe it's just you know i'm incredibly naive and everyone actually did buy two handheld consoles from the same you know different manufacturers back in the 80s or 90s whatever but uh then i got panned for the same reason like we're using two games in the same genre from the same developer i'm like no, no they're entirely different, different platforms like this is just the port of my other game so i can reach a bigger audience it was a huge hit here why is it such a huge you know bomb here yeah there's maybe a limitation there's maybe two things maybe a limitation of the game's ability to simulate this and it also may be a reflection of how the real world game like critics are uh, yeah. some, in some ways disconnected from the gaming masses right where it's like they right. play everything yeah it's like you're right absolutely most people do not buy two handle consoles <laughs> game critics play everything everywhere it's like oh god it's the same game and all the people who bought it for platform a but not platform b are like oh this is fantastic yeah, you yeah. finally get to play this hit game so i don't know it's probably part of it's a little both <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i just i the thing i was really impressed by i mean c- contrasted to like when we talked about uh republic of times like I, I couldn't i felt like no matter what i did it was very like blunt you know binary decisions Granted, it was written in 48 hours, but it, I felt like there was no subtlety there, really. I mean, there was just you were just sort of trying to you know match up this piece to that piece. And here it seems like there's actually a fair amount of play, mm-hmm. particularly given the fact that this is like an $8 game. You know, I thought the level of detail and care, you know, text rendering and that kind of stuff aside, I agree that they can make that better. But in terms of the actual mechanics, there's a lot of subtleties about like for, for like game nerds. It's like, you know, Justin and I, I guess maybe more in this case is that, you know, yeah, you know, like, well, it probably doesn't make sense to like have a, a Western, like, you know, a wild West RPG. Cause eh, you know, even though it's Red Dead Redemption. Great <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Well, it is funny though. The initial like uh, topics that they present you with, like it's, it's like music and vampire werewolves. Oh, oh I, I didn't get that. No, I had, I had werewolves. I'm like, we might I, all three get a different set. I yeah. think so. I had, I had vampires, musical, God, I can't remember what the other two are. Oh, wild! Oh, no, yeah, Wild West, Vampires, Musical, and Rhythm or something. Oh, it was wow. a really yeah. strange. Yeah, I, I, I had Rhythm to begin with, you know, but I had and I also, but I had to work my way up to um, Vampires. That's weird. So it must and, be random uh, because I'm pretty sure in 1980s they didn't have a lot of musical m- games. My, yeah, exactly. Like Guitar Hero, right? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Mine were way more generic. I had like space, sci-fi. Oh, I had oh, I did uh, not have uh, sci-fi. I too. had sports. No, I didn't no. have any medieval. And pirates. 
Huh. I, I had to buy pirates. Yeah, yeah. Like, different... like, my, like mine were just really incredibly specific to begin out begin with, and I'm like, well, werewolves, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, action. Nope, doesn't work. Not like a combination. Uh, like role, you know, role playing. Oh, not a good combination. Like, what do you do with werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate werewolves. So I don't know, but like... <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe RPG or adventure. Who uh, said you tried RPG? Yeah. Uh, oh, did you? Well, I, I can't remember exactly. Okay. It was, uh, but I had a couple combinations with the werewolves, and they were all, and then mm. zombies also always failed for me in all combinations. Like, I, I, like zombie action. How can zombie action not be a great combination? <laughs> right. Always bombed. Like, really? Got wait for the market. Well, did you? Around. So, did you always do the, the game research on it? Did you, uh, like I always when I had a failed game, I always did. Yeah, actually, yeah. no, for all my. Well, and they would say like okay combination. Oh, okay. like really like zombie action. How is this not a great combination? Yeah, that's, that's like I mean like they're, they're totally like multiple games that are huge hits. You know that are like this genre. I didn't have that dead serious. Yeah, that's exactly. Inter- that's interesting. Okay, well yeah. So whenever I found a good combination, like to me it was a, a real world good combination. Well, I mean, so, like, I, I hit upon like. The ones that were huge successes for me were like sci-fi action yeah. and fantasy RPG slash yeah. fantasy adventure. Yeah. Like those are big successes. Yeah. Like almost me too. always were. Like rhythm casual also worked. Oh, but okay. like a lot of their combinations were pretty disappointing. You know, I, I wanted to do something creative, but so I got, I got kinda like scared off from it and kinda stuck to like the big, you know, maybe this is this is a reflection of how game roll really works, but yeah. like, <laughs> I got tired of like the more like niche, like, you know, version you know, niche combinations because they were they didn't do very well. And yeah. I had to, the more generic, you know. But I think that no, that's I think uh, that to me seems completely intentional. And the thing is that once you get successful enough that you've got money in the bank, you can gamble on that stuff. But when you're just, this is like the Super Meat Boy thing, right? <laughs> It's like when you just have like the two people or the one person and you have like, you're basically just living paycheck to paycheck, you can't experiment with that stuff. Or if it, if you do, you have to make sure the game cost development is low so that you're not, you know, so I, I think that's intentional. If not, it just happens to work out like the real world. The, by the way, the only thing I'll say, you said the, the one enhancement. The one thing I think that would be really cool is if you could choose like box art or something like that. Oh, so it was yeah. some visual representation because choosing the name and the genre and all that kind of stuff, that is awesome. I still would really like to see it like on a wall of like games shipped and a number of yeah. units sold. I think that'd, that'd be, be a lot cool. of fun. Cool. Uh, but it's just, I but yeah, actually I wanted to talk about the visual thing because yeah. one of the things that's interesting to me was, oh, so Sim Cinema was, I mean, it wasn't uh, we like have to text based, now. like a text based game because well, there was no command line on the Mac, uh, you know, yeah. in the in the nineties. But it was all this platinum standard UI controls. There were there was no art created for it. Oh, you just like picked from a t- dialog box like the genre, and then another one. It was, there were all these, like list boxes and table and tables and stuff, and you kind of and then, and then your you know your box just came as a like, scrolling list. It was like all stock UI. It was super fun. But it wasn't like there was no there was no custom art for it at all. So they didn't choose the ten thousand dollar option when they built their game for the two D <laughs> graphics. They basically picked the text only. Yeah, you know? Five thousand nice. dollars. Yeah. yeah. This uh, sounds like. Uh, did you guys ever play like for Palm Pilot and possibly for other platforms? There was like the. Um, what was like the drug dealer game that was for that? But it was just like that. Where it was all stock UI and basically be like, oh, you want to buy? This sounds terrible. Wanna... <laughs> I mean, I'm curious to see where this goes. <laughs> no, no, no. It'd be like, oh, so you're in Chicago and you want to buy, you know, these particular drugs at this particular street price. And then, oh, you now you buy a ticket to go to New York and that costs you a certain amount of money. And then you get there and the street price for those is slightly different. And you have to like try and sell them for a profit. What? And then you just, yeah, so you like, you travel around the country buying and selling drugs. This is a same drug dealer. Yeah, basically. But then, but the price is kind constantly fluctuating on the drugs and so it's like it's like it's really hard to make money because you're like oh i bought all this pcp in chicago for like a million dollars and now i can't unload it because the bottoms dropped out on the pcp market this is, oh guys sound terrible how did we edit all of this out i feel like <laughs> i feel like i transitioned into like parallel universe lower orbit. it's like it's the breaking bad version yeah <laughs> Oh my god! Have to find, but uh, so I, I was. I mean, I'd strongly recommend it. You know, if you're if you're interested, first off, if you're any kind of video game nerd, you have to play it because there's just so many like 
like not quite in jokes, but all this stuff is like real true to life. They, they have like the NES and they have the, the Sega systems and they've got this whole tree of systems that come out. Um, and it's actually super fun to play. And it's like, it's, it's something that it's like you get to do just the fun parts of game development. It kind of made part of me want to make a game. <laughs> um, and the one thing that's actually pretty, I think, kind of cool, it's just a really minor thing early on in the game, is initially they're like, they say, well, you travel back in time to the 1980s to do your game dev studio. And they have like under the covers like a DeLorean, which suggests like you've traveled back in time literally with a DeLorean, which is very 1980s of them nice. to, to start the game studio. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's for $8. It's like, I mean... There's so yeah. much enjoyment you can get out of it that I, I somebody would, I think would really have to check it out if they're into games at all. Yeah, I mean, and, and even as someone who's not wasn't into games particularly in that at that point in time, or at least not into those games, I, I still enjoyed it a lot yeah. too. So I think it's universal. We we recommend it. Yeah, I recommend so. it. It was good. Um, so if, uh, if if you don't already know, because we've mentioned it quite a bit, so you probably already know, but um, we'd love to hear from you guys. So send us an email at feedback at lowerthorbit.fm. You know, we would love to hear from you if you're enjoying the show or you have suggestions or even suggestions for things we could cover. We'd really love to hear from you. Uh, we'd also appreciate it if you had a second to go into iTunes and uh, give the show a rating and a review because that kind of helps us bubble up and have uh, have more people track us down. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Low Earth Show. Uh, so I think it's about it. Talk to you next time. One, I don't remember which which part well, it is. I don't know how we're gonna beat that. And so I don't know what the editing is gonna sound like for know that. We can edit any of this. We had a wait. Was this, was the, the the Roomba emergency? <laughs> the, it out or was it recorded? We're gonna find out. I don't know. Let's see how much the, the Roomba bust in the room. <laughs> I'm sorry, this room's too dirty. Must clean. I literally thought there was a shredder down there. It was gonna shred your feet. I didn't. I didn't know it was at all. I was God, like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> And it was, I was talking for like a, a couple seconds. I was like, oh, it's some sound that's going to pass. It's like, no, there's something moving down there. Oh, my God. Uh, it's a robot butler. So what it was. <laughs> on this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we, we review. I need water is what's going on. <laughs> the laughing, I think, sucked my. You got Roomba. We have yeah. the most retakes ever of our. How are we going to beat the Roomba outtake? It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> but you, it was. But you'd stop the, the recording. Yeah, you? we don't have the we don't have the Roomba on tape mostly. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. so gonna, oh, okay. But how, how did you restart it then? Because after the Roomba stopped, you went over and hit, and hit record again, right? There was there was a there was a period was like of time thirty seconds to a minute where we were not recording. Oh no, but I mean, you know, even if it's not recorded, I mean, a Roomba interrupted our episode. <laughs> I mean, how often does that ever happen? <laughs> On this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we re- we, why is that so hard? We review. That's I thought it sounded good the previous time. Did it? Okay, I'll do one more, though. On this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we review Game Dev Tycoon. I'm good. That's okay. good. All right, good. Sweet. Okay, we're done. <laughs>